Thank you for tuning in to Talking Bay 94, the Star Wars podcast devoted to interviews with the cast, crew, and creators of a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Brandon Winerdy, and today I'm talking to Tom Spina from Regal Robot once again. This is his third time on the show, so we go a little wild, talking about trips to Skywalker Ranch, the archives, and the incredible Phil Tippett Legacy Edition Rancor maquette coming soon from Regal Robot. It is always a good time when Tom comes around, so I hope you enjoy this. This is Talking Bay 94, episode 156, The Revenge of Tom Spina. But a lot has happened. I think the last time we talked was after Celebration Anaheim. A lot has happened since then. I think that was when the Max Rebo signature maquette came out. Is that right? Yeah, And was. then I remember I was messaging you. I was like, I need this. And I went and got it. And then I remember <laughs> getting it and like opening it kind of like in the convention center. And looking at the guy, I have him right here, I'm looking at him and being like, oh, this is going to ruin my life. This is going <laughs> to really mess with me. And we've we've come a very far away since then. I, I'm going to start the show by saying the Archive line is potentially the greatest Star Wars collectible, like longstanding line of, of all time in terms of the care and the craftsmanship, but also the the attention to the actual history. So thank you, Tom. Uh I'm- my wife I'm, is pissed, yeah. but I'm pumped. So. Yeah. We get that a lot. That's good. Um, no, but uh, I thank you. That's that. I'm touched. That means uh, a lot to me. I I don't I don't. I, yeah, I never. I mean, that feels lofty. Um, but I'll uh, I, I just I'll, take it. I'll, a little I'll, bit, yeah, yeah. I'll at least agree with you in that there is care in both the uh, the making and in the paying tribute to and exploring the making of the films through this and experiencing you know it's like there's 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 different types of nostalgia there are people who experienced star wars via kenner as kids much like i did and and other things and so you know reissues and uh, and the the general giant big figs and stuff all like spark that little nostalgia joy that comes out of that right. um but for so many of us that enjoyed the making of of the movies stuff like this to me is uh an even more direct connection to that time and that's what i really enjoy exploring about it and i think this this kind of leads into the first part of the conversation where when you get to see stuff like this in person and this is as close as most people will get to going to the archives in the sense that you can bring this into your home. It is, what would you, 99.9% accurate to whatever it could have been. And when you get to hold that and see that and realize like the the extent, because then from these little statues, then came the masks, but then came the Kenner figures, right? Then came yeah. what everyone associated with. It's the first step. Right. And it, it is kind of like, you don't have fingerprints on these, I don't think. I haven't looked that closely. <laughs> but it, you're almost there. Right? You can almost really kind of feel them punching these through. The, the... I'll say this. Look closer. Okay. Well, that's a good... <laughs> now I'm going to I'm gonna turn on my lights after I we hang up. It, it is tough to get them to come through. Um, there literally are fingerprints on, on many of them. Um, and it, it is very tough to get that... You know, when you're doing digital on these, we do try to um, we try to keep as much of that as we can. A lot of times it doesn't actually by the time you get to, you know, output and mold and cast, there's only so much you can sharpen to preserve stuff. But um, but yeah, I I think I think you can see a little bit of them on some of the jars on the job of the hut maquette that we did, 
Um, which oddly enough, that's the only one so far out of these. So like, you know, we had the Tauntaun, which is out of an original mold. Right. We had the Baby Yoda and the Gamorrean, which are out of original molds or or off of original uh, masters, uh, same way uh, as the Tauntaun. Uh, and then the the job of the hut was recreated using our research photos and measurements, oh. but we weren't scanning back then. This is this oh, is going wow. back about five years. Right. Um, and it's interesting. We have gone back and scanned that piece while we were doing all of our other stuff. We brought it into the digital space with our our, our sculptural reconstruction, which was basically done like photogrammetry, which is a type of scanning in a way. Right. Um, and we were so close oh, that's um, great. it really like we're struggling because we were like oh maybe we could do a reissue one day and it'll be right. a scanned version but it's so close it's like oh i don't know uh so i don't know if there's if there's call for it down the line though you know maybe there's some some way we can uh we can revisit him but it, it is neat you know when we were doing that we spotted all those fingerprints and we tried to introduce some of that stuff on like the little vases and things are you saying that we could if i i have i have my java up on the second shelf yeah. um you're saying if I look close enough and do you, I could I could steal Phil Tippett's identity if I tried, I could <laughs> I could get him in some trouble. Uh, that... I, I I've actually been tempted. Like, can I get? Uh, you know, it's like I and I know I'm already pushing my luck with sure. most of these Return of the Jedi crew people, right. but I'm always like, it's like yes, yes. Can we get? You know, I need to get your uh, fingers, uh, the rather um, <laughs> signatures, and we need to get photographs of you signing. And oh, oh, by the way, can you just give me a thumbprint, right, uh, on your your main sculpting hand? We're talking about a lot of, and we'll get to the very special thing, and not the reason yes. we're talking, but but one of the things I really want to talk about. But that could be another special edition, right? If you were like, hey, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can get the, the Dave Carson edition. fingerprint edition. I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'll I give you. Another, I'll give you another hundred yeah. bucks for that, Tom. That's I mean, fine. look, you know, you just need a nice black and white. You can turn it into an alpha in the digital, and you can bring sure. that right back sure, out. Sure. You know? <laughs> no, no. I need, I need, I need Chris Wales's thumb purple or something from doing it. Right. Times. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I really need. That's yes. What I need. <laughs> I'm just giving you free ideas at this point, and I'm sure you know. I mean, I and 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 I would say, you know, in the in the pantheon of good idea, great idea, <laughs> these are ideas. These so are, yeah, these aren't even bad ideas. These are these are even below that. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. So some people that might come for. <laughs> so again, uh, maybe this was RTJ forty, maybe for the eighty or something like that. Maybe that. There you the, go. I yeah. I really hope I'm there for that. Thank you. I, I appreciate know, your I vote of confidence. Um, people have been able to get up close to things like this before, right? Magic of the Myth, even like Mandalorian experience, right? You're able to see lineage and see these before, but I don't think I've talked about it on the show that much. But I was able to go to Skywalker Ranch in was that May or June and was like the best day of my entire life. Thank you, Christina, who is a listener of the show, um, for helping out. But you have been and you go and yeah. you've been to the archives as well. And I know that you can't talk about some of that stuff. You can talk about you can talk, you know, it's a it's an interesting place, but I'd love to maybe dive back to what was the first time you ever visited the ranch? When when was that? What was um, that for? So we had done in 2011 a uh, Super Bowl commercial where we recreated a bunch of the Cantina aliens. Uh, it was for a Volkswagen spot. It was a lot of fun. If you go to TomSpinaDesigns.com and search Cantina, we actually wound up doing a whole bunch after that as well. And there's all these fun projects where we got to remake these one-to-one wearable Cantina characters. My passion of passions, obsession of obsessions, the <laughs> Cantina. And someone calls you and says, hey, can you make this? Right. So I'm already riding a high here, right? right? Like this is, this is you know little, little Tommy Spina's 
favorite thing in the world at five years old. And now he's, you know, slightly older and being asked to recreate this thing (laughs) um, by Lucasfilm. And uh, and we get there and um, Alina from the archives at the at the time was there and uh, they had brought about a dozen of the prequel alien costumes Mm. for the background people to wear so that our characters we made would be in the foreground and the real stuff that was just used in a movie would be somewhere in the background, you know, not really, uh, which was already ridiculous. Um, but it was Alina and like one other person. And it's, that's a lot of people to keep alive uh, in masks at the time. And uh, the folks we were with um, Tony Gardner mm. from yeah. Alterian studios uh, is is also a big Star Wars fan. He was he knew the director, I think, and the director asked him to help with coordinating the creature stuff and casting uh, the creatures. And so he cast himself, his family, and all his his friends that work at his shop. <laughs> right. um, so they all were the creatures, and because they've done all this creature work, um, and and a couple of people. So um, he had done uh, Freaked with a bunch of these people. Those uh, outstanding classic yeah you know cult classic kind of movie and so we had people in there who had played the characters of freaked who are now playing hammerhead and snaggletooth and you know whoever else in the in the bar um and tony's guys because they had done all this work they brought these wonderful blowers that would blow cool air in uh better than you know the old hair dryer and all of that stuff and so we were using those and we saw that the archives people needed, you know, some extra hands. So we helped keep their people alive. We helped people getting in and out of masks at night. We would help put things away for them and, uh, and just got to know them. And, and honestly, didn't even know they were the archives people at first. It was just, you know, okay, these are the people here with the mask. And, um, and Alina at the end said, you guys have been so great. You know, if you're ever going to be in San Francisco, let me know. And, you know, maybe we can have you visit the archives. Right. And I said, I am going to be there in two weeks. Right. And, I lied. That was, that was a fabrication. I I was not going to be there in two weeks. I was going to be in New York, but I was not going to let that chance go. And I wanted to make it, it was like believable enough, but also soon enough that there's no way she could back out. Uh, And she said, well, okay, let me, you know, let me check on it. I'll get back to you. And sure enough, you know, we exchanged information. She got back to us, said it was okay. I quickly booked tickets and, you know, immediately I was just like, I am not missing this chance. And so what's interesting is the, the, so, so yeah, we've been going since like 2011, 2012. Um, I, I, and I'll, I'll get a little more into the first visit if, if you'd like, but um, the, the one thing that's kind of interesting to me is that I was going fairly regularly either for visits or work um, for a long time before I actually explored the ranch much. Oh, wow. Um, it you did was, it backwards a little bit. You did, yeah. It was completely backwards. Like yeah. I would literally like go there, drive up that, that crazy road, yep. go in, go right to the archives and then like do our stuff the archives and then leave. And like, I, I just for, like, I don't know if it was just tunnel vision or what, but yeah, the first time I went, I had seen Magic of Myth. I had seen, um, you know, tons of photos of the Yerba Buena exhibit from friends. I had seen um, collections literally from all over the world with Star Wars stuff. Some of the biggest collectors in the world who have massive amounts of original Star Wars props and things like that. And through our restoration work, we had restored tons of original Star Wars stuff. 
And I went in thinking, okay, you've been <laughs> expecting, you know, this is something you've been looking forward to your entire life. Right. Don't overhype this in your head, Tom. Right. You know, you've seen all this stuff. You're going to go there and it's going to be cool. And I, and I had even seen pictures of the archives from other uh, licensees right. and things who had gone there and showed me, you know, not, not like a full tour, but enough that I had a sense of it. And I'm like, it's going to be cool, but like, you know, you've already seen a lot of it and you've seen all this other stuff, you know, just don't, don't come out of this disappointed and like completely ass backwards. Like I <laughs> could not, there is no way I could have built the archives up to where it could have disappointed me. Um, just, yeah, absolutely mind blowing. Um, and it, and it's been that way, you know, literally every time. And, and sometimes it's, you know, mind blowing, like back in the day where it was, it was you, um, a little more open and there was a lot of stuff on display and you were kind of, um, especially when we were just going as a visit and getting like a little tour, it, it's mind blowing in its breadth and it's mind blowing in just literally what you're seeing. Right. Um, and then other times it's mind blowing in like a discovery way where you are either finding new things out about stuff you knew existed or discovering literally sometimes while you're there that something exists that you, people thought was lost. Um, and th those are feelings that are, it's hard to even put into words how much that means to me. And I, I think there's, an element of trying to share some of that with everyone in these lines that we do, you know, it's like, there's, there's a feeling to, even though, you know, it's through gloved hands, there's a feeling to picking up that Max Rebo maquette. There's a feeling to, you know, holding the act face maquette and turning around and seeing the hair and how that all is. And, um, and, and, and beyond. And there's so many of those maquettes that you pick up and you go like, Oh, I didn't realize that's, you know, and then you turn it around and you go, Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> like right. there's so much of that that happens. And it's like, there's like, yeah, there's, um, it's rare to me that I will get a, an, a sort of licensed collectible piece that when I hold it, it gives me that feeling. Right. Um, but it's, it's happened a few times and it's happened a few times like, um, I had some sculptors for me that were so amazing. And, and uh, Brian Lewis sculpted the, the Godal, Gotal mm. alien from Star Wars during one of our things. And um, when I first opened the, the, the box with the first casting in it on that, I had that feeling like I've had when I've opened up screen use cantina masks right. in the past in my collection where I was like, oh, like, oh, that like there's there is. Oh, that looks great. And then there's oh, that feels right. You know, and it's like, that's the feeling that I'm always chasing with this stuff. And um, that's what I'm trying to give people like that, that little chill that you get when it's like, did they, did they switch this out? Like, <laughs> did someone, you know, it's, it's very special. And actually this episode will be coming out the week after hopefully uh, the Brandon Allinger conversation, which it's very interesting oh. doing this double back to back in the sense that I feel like both of y'all are contributing something to Star Wars and to fans and collectibles in different ways, obviously, but in a way that I, in the past, it's been five years really, gravitated towards in my collecting, right? Which is, like you were saying, they are investment pieces. <laughs> she doesn't believe me, but I stand by it. And I think that goes with everything. And I, and we yeah. can get into the, the nature of collectibles and the nature of everything. 
But if you are specific and you are consistent and meaningful with what you're collecting, a cycle. And um, that's a whole different conversation. Let's that go back be, to the, that's that's Tom Spina visit number four on Ooh. Talking Bay ninety four. Oh yeah, like what the nature to, of collecting? How to sell your Tom Spina collectibles? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Just, uh, no. <laughs> uh, Brandon is someone I've known forever, and I absolutely love him. And we share very similar passions for this stuff. Right. And I mean, I. Like this is literally going back to like the late nineties on AIM Instant Messenger talking about the archives and what what could be in there and oh wow, wouldn't it be great to go there someday? Or talking about like how different props were made and what they were made from. Um and and it was you know, that that became a very at this point, literally a lifelong friendship, uh, through Star Wars, through props, through the desire to either replicate or own the originals or whatever. And, and, um, and yeah, and, and he's, uh, I'm, yeah, it's, it's just amazing to me. There's this whole group of us that, that kind of have all gravitated into different places. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it's, it's satisfying and and neat to see and to, to be able to go like, yeah, you know, like a few of us, we've kind of like, we did this, we're all right now. Right. It is, and again, it goes back to fandom. It goes back to how you approach fandom. And it's a larger conversation. And it's something that I've gotten burned out where I'm just like, I don't need to talk about this over and over again. Right. And, and belabor something to the ground or nitpick something apart. I would rather just enjoy and enjoy it the way I like to enjoy. And that's why I have surrounded myself with, again, you and I <laughs> surround with very like minded people. And that's just like, okay, like, this is how. This is how I'm going to approach Star Wars. This is how I'm going to approach my life, sports, any, anything. This is what I'm going to do. Do you feel that there is a um, – there, there's almost – I find collecting based on the behind the scenes almost as a way to step outside of some of the nitpicky back and forth about the productions or the stories or whatever is going forward. Um, yeah. I, I kind of, I, I kind of like living in that area. It's peaceful. Yeah, it, it, it's it's so much more freeing in the sense that any movie that happens, any TV show that happens, and I've worked in the film industry a little bit, it is a mirror. It's a miracle. Any movie is a hundred percent. And when a movie time. also stands the test of time and can connect multiple generations, hundreds, millions of people, that in itself is, is something super special and that. It, that is not just Star Wars, right? You see that with a bunch of other franchises or, you know, Marvel or Lord of the Rings, whatever it might be. And when you can separate yourself from the story and you think about the craftsman, you think about the craftsmanship, it almost elevates it in a way that you appreciate the actual movie or TV show more. Yep. But also you're able to connect with people that, you know, are working very hard, that are very smart, that are the best in the world at what they do. And and being able to have any kind of connection with that person makes you, I think, a better, more creative, more compassionate person. And that's if you don't work in movies or you don't work in a creative right. field. If you just have an accounting job or you just go to your desk every day. Like, I think that is still very valuable to think of. And I think, I mean, I, I'd be curious if you've ever done, like, a, a demographic look at your collectors and, like, what do they do for their day job? Like, what do they, like, because right. I'm sure it's, I'm what I'm saying is I'm sure it's widespread. I'm sure it's varied. Because I yeah. think a lot of different people can get a lot of different things out of 
out of that concept. And it makes, I mean, the people that love documentaries and making yeah. ofs and featurettes and then the behind the Rensler books, right? Those are all very, yeah. oh, those are all very like-minded people. And those are the yeah. people that I gravitate towards. Those are, you gravitate towards them too. And it's a very nice, totally. a nice I, non-toxic I, I think environment. It's, it is. And it's so interesting for me because I, you know, I haven't, we, we haven't done one of those. I feel like yeah, we're probably due to do one of those kind of surveys. Hey, who, who are you really? You know? Right. Um, but uh, I, I will say the diversity in our collectors is really interesting and cool. And, you know, it, it is, um, you know, male, it is female, it is young, it is old, it is rich, it is not as rich. It is, you know, somebody who is, has uh, saved up to buy one piece and someone who has, you know, bought every piece or someone who's a focus collector who only likes a certain character. I mean, it, it's really impressive to me how many different types of people collect our stuff. And um, I'm sure there's some median, you know, or, or there's there's some commonality in the middle for a, a vast majority of them. I would have to think that we have maybe not the vast majority, but I'm sure there's a, a very big chunk that has some commonality there, but, uh, but no, it's always, you know, we, we have, we meet people at, uh, at star Wars celebration. We have um, a handful of people who happen to be local, who maybe will come and, you know, come to the studio, meet us in the lobby to pick up their pieces mm-hmm. or something like that. And it's just every time the new one's coming, it's like, what's this going to be, you know, <laughs> you know, talk and fanboying and everything when we are in the archives for you know, a few days in a row, like you literally come out sore. You're hunching over tables all day. You're measuring things. You're photographing things. Doing the um, the scanner, it's like you know, it's it's this slow hand tai chi kind of thing, and you can just you know, your arm starts to die. Luckily, Rob does most of that. Um, <laughs> but like you know, we we come out and we're exhausted after yeah. a week of this. Um, but it's it's absolutely magical. The people are great. The the place is amazing, and it's. Um, and, and what we're doing, it feels important to us. It is important to us. And it, it's, it feels like it's every time we go, it's a step towards um, something in the future for us. And, and there's, um, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> every time we go when we come home because of all the new ideas that have been generated just by being there. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's, that's a good that's a good question and a good kind of segue into the current work, the future work, because one of the things that I love about the archive line, and I think is really added to it, is the signature edition and is establishing the lineage of the sculptor that worked on the piece. And I know that that was a huge undertaking for you and your team yeah. and interacting with pretty much anyone that has ever touched uh, yep. a sculpt, uh, anything uh, for Return of the Jedi, Including right? Including many people that didn't and told us so. You know? <laughs> like, How dare you? Don't ask right, me again. Yeah. But it ended up, you've pretty much, like, you've done this digging that didn't even exist in the Rinsler books or anything before or after, but of who yeah. actually put their hands to, what, what did they use, Clay? What, what was the actual uh, It was Sculpey. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them were Sculpey. Hands, hands to Sculpey of yeah. of. of making these creatures and aliens in the initial yeah. things. And you ended up with a list with a, a pretty yeah. extensive document of here's Very extensive at this point. Um, it's, it's yeah. And it's, it's an extension of what I had done with the cantina stuff. You know, that right. was, 
for years trying to figure out, you know, what was the genesis of each of these characters? Who came up with the idea for it? Who uh, sculpted it? Who brought it to life? Who painted it in some cases? Or right. and and wherever we could, who wore it? Um, and you know, and that's an ongoing process still, trying to identify all of uh, all of that work. And the maquettes were. And, and by extension, the Jedi creatures, because we learned a lot of that in right. the same process, really were that same sort of meaty dive into it, you know, make a meal out of it sort of project that I love um, when it comes to this stuff. And the, you know, ostensibly, yeah, it comes out of the idea of, well, we'd love to make as many of these signature editions as we can. So in order to have a signature, you need someone to sign and you got right. to figure out who made it. Um but really, it's just my nature and curiosity right. uh, getting the best of me that 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 really drove it, and Rob as well, and and uh, and tons of other people who contributed, um, and and yeah, it it accelerated my um, reaching out to people that worked on on the Jedi creature crew. I had known a few of them ahead of time, you know, and. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, Phil and um, Tony McVeigh knew for a little while. Kirk Thatcher, I had known. Idea of exploring that further, you know, it was it was well, okay. Let's start with the guys we know and let's talk to them. Hey, who else worked on this? Who else was around a lot? Uh, who who was there in the early days that could have been doing these kinds of things? Right. And you know, sometimes you'd get like, oh well, so and so was around, but I don't think they did any of the the maquettes. And it's like. I don't care. Let me like, I want to hear it from them. You know, right. I want <laughs> like, them to tell me that. <laughs> yeah. Because half the time these, these people were doing the maquettes on like their, their spare time. Sometimes they were doing them at home. Um, you know, so. And also it's uh, been 40 years. Like you'd need as yeah. many. And, and, and that's what happens when I interview people too. Like I let everyone tells their story, but every so often you're like, well, that story, I don't know how, you know, I don't know how accurate yep. that is, you know. Yeah, or or if you've interviewed the same person twice in a span of ten years and it changed, <laughs> right. you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll interview but, them for talking about, and I'll interview them for the insider, and I'm like, mm, this was a different, a little bit of a yeah. different story. It's okay, it's okay. Yeah. But and and you do, you know, you do have to take this all with a grain of salt just because of that time. Yeah. Um. But you know, so we combined a whole bunch of stuff here. There's, you know, a, an ability to spot sculpting style comes yeah. into it. Um, the fact that some of them actually have, you know, identification on them. Some of them have either initials somewhere, uh, sometimes it's on the bottom. Uh, and and there are, you know, there's rules in place when you go into the archives as a licensee of, of what you're able to see at a given time and, and things like that. And, um, you know, the if, if we were doing this maybe 15 years ago, uh, it might've gone faster because we probably could have dug through the shelves ourselves. Um, but, uh, what, what we basically were doing, we're seeing batches of them at a time, examining them, looking underneath, figuring out, you know, how they were made and who did things similar ways. And, you know, sometimes it would be like, oh, these two have the exact same sculpting and paint style. And only one of them has a KR for Ken Ralston. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I think this other one's his. Let's take a few extra pictures and show Ken. 
And, right. you know, and sure enough, that that sort of thing would prove out. And sometimes it didn't. There, right. there was one we were sure it was this weird worm looking guy. Uh, he's in the Chronicles. He's got a pretty good shot in like there's a page of ones that didn't get made. It's this reddish worm looking guy. Mm-hmm. We were so sure that was Phil. And it turned out to be Chris Wayless. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that was really fun because like, you know, we, it reminded us like, stay humble, you know, right. don't, don't, don't get, <laughs> Wait a second. You know, yeah. You don't get to say you've got to, you've got to learn. Right. Um, and, and yeah, going through and figuring out who did what on that, I think we're down to about, it's, it's about eight or so that we don't know out of approximately 90 maquettes. That's crazy. Um, and, and there are people who were involved, um, guys like uh, Wesley Seeds, who uh, who passed away. Right. So, you know, uh, and, and Dan Howard's another one. Um, and they both definitely did. So Wesley Seeds sculpted uh, Drew B. McCool, the maquette, mm-hmm. and uh, Dan Howard sculpted two or three other small ones. And there's certainly a possibility that those guys did others, but they're not there to tell us and nobody else seems to know, right. you know, what else they might have done. But yeah, that's been a really, really fun project for me, figuring all of that out. And and now we're able to, you know, use that with the archive line to tell some stories from these right. folks, to give them the sparks to to discuss things again. Because sometimes, you know, we'll find one with initials on it and show it to somebody like, oh, I forgot all about that. That's amazing. Yeah, I did that. It was based on such and such. Like right. they'll, you know, the flood of memories come back when they see something. So it's been really cool. Yeah. It, and again, it is preserving history in, in a way that you know, again i keep talking about the rinsler book but it is there's there's more to mine and i think for the people that really do care there's something and i'd, I'd love to ask you because there is something cantina is one thing but the the return of the jedi creature shop for some reason has like such a hold on me yeah. and so many other people and i think part of it and again going back to these people but it's because of how many talented people were all in a room together, all getting a little poisoned, probably, <laughs> right? Yeah. And but like working on what ended up being one of my favorite movies and just like doing batshit stuff, like crazy things and making crazy little guys that now we're seeing on a Disney TV show, you know, forty years later. Like it is there's something in the yeah. water there. It's very interesting. They they pushed boundaries in a way that didn't quite happen on the cantina um you know and and the cantina had you know physical limitations on it right. um george would have loved to have done the stuff he was doing for jedi for for star wars but it just wasn't doable at the time for him whether that was down to time money whatever um but you know with somebody like phil in charge on jedi um and, and honestly i mean even if you had taken the same crew because if you if you took you know, Baker's team from Star Wars. You, know, you had Rick, you had Phil, you had Rob Bottin, you had uh, Doug Beswick, Lane Liska, John Berg. Um, those guys are all freaking, you know, top, top, top tier imaginative people. And you probably, you know, still could have done this. George would never uh, probably have paid them what they needed to have that <laughs> particular right. dream team. But But the team that did come together, it's, it's stunning what they pulled together. And, the, and I think there's, there's a lot of that credit has to go to Phil because he's such an outside the box thinker with this stuff and really wants to push and break the human form and do things that are different. And 
the people that Chris Wayless hired prior to Phil and the people that Phil brought in um, in terms of both the maquette side of things and dreaming up these these concepts and and all having that open mind to present George some really cool options and then the actual execution of these things and you know having the talent and the know-how to bring them to life full scale those are those are both Herculean challenges and and pretty amazing that they pulled off. It is. It's been nice. Uh, Return of the Jedi forty. It's been nice. People people talking yeah. about it more. And and this has been such a way to celebrate um, these maquettes and and, that. and every it's been every you know a couple of months I get a new little piece of history in the mail and it's like oh wow okay should yeah. should we talk about it a little bit this will be coming I up. suppose we should this is yeah the day after it's announced yeah. or officially. Yeah, over the last few days, people have seen if they've been on RegalRobot.com or the, the Regal Robot Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, or the Regal Robot Fan and Collector Showcase Facebook group, which they should be, uh, they have seen the Rancor, which is our next maquette. We've been teasing that out over the last week or so at this point. Um, they know that there is a signature edition, but just today... If this is the seventh, this is coming out. Of this the eighth, is so. the eighth, a Wednesday, okay. a Wednesday. So, okay, yeah. But just yesterday, <laughs> we announced what we were doing for our more exclusive edition, and that is the legacy edition of this Rancor. Something that we worked on uh, for a while. Um, we we think of the Rancor as probably you know one of the most special out of all of these maquettes. It is an exquisite sculpture by Phil, very faithful to the final, you yeah. know, or it vice is, versa. It is, um, as someone that does not have the, the yeah. prop replica, it, it, yeah. I am, I will always be upset that like it was not in my budget when that came out, but mm. this is pretty, I don't, it's pretty close, man. Like it, like it, it, is, it, it yeah. really feels like it. It really feels it's, like it. Yeah. It's just, you know, this, uh, other than the difference in scale, right. um, the paint is, is pretty unique when you get up on it. It's not uh, in, it's not immediately noticeable that the paint is drastically mm -hmm. different on the maquette, but we can get into that in a minute. Yes, we um, can. But so we did, we have our signature edition. It's going to be 150 pieces. Um, and Rob said, you know, this, Rob and I both said to each other, like, you know, this is the most special of the maquettes, right? Like that's, and we kind of kept saying it back and forth, like in a questioning <laughs> way, like, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like we should, it's the 40th, like we should do something special. And, you know, we didn't know it was going to be called the Legacy Edition at the time. We just were calling it the deluxe version. And mm -hmm. we were like, you know, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? And we had a few ideas and we, we pitched those over to Phil. And like Phil so often does, he, uh, came back with something even better. And uh, so what people will see uh, went live yesterday will be um, the legacy edition not only comes with a signature plaque, but that plaque is beautifully matted in an eight by 10 frame, along with a vintage photo of Phil with the maquette and a three inch by three inch square hand drawn 100% unique sketch relating to the Rancor by Phil Tippett. This will be a chance for 100 people. Uh, we are the, the, this uh, legacy edition is limited to only 100 pieces. This will be 100 people will get their own 100% unique sketch from Phil Tippett. He 
yeah, and, and if you go and you look, you'll see some examples. They're going to be given out at random, so you won't know exactly what sketch you're going to get. But he made you know, drawings of the head from all different angles. Some of them, he's breaking the bone in his mouth. Some of them, he's eating the Gamorrean. Some of them are of like his leg with Luke standing next to him. They, they, it, at times, they almost feel like storyboards of the scene. Um, and you really could only have done this with the Rancor. Right. Like you're not going to uh, uh, get like, you know, um, some random bag like like Efontmon is is another really, really cool maquette. But it's going to be really hard to do a hundred different drawings of Efontmon. Right? right. Like the Rancor had stuff to do. So like yeah. you can draw from that. And Phil basically just said he was playing the scene over and over back in his mind. Oh, wow. And he was just picking different moments from it to draw. And uh, it's. Yeah, it was so cool when we got those sketches back from him to start flipping through them all and to see just how far out he went into the into the 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 edges and the margins of that scene. Um, you know, there are going to be a hundred very very happy people out there. I think. Yeah, I hope, and I I I mean I I hope I assume I pray I will be one of those hundred. It is you've been teasing it to me a little bit uh, over a little bit, and 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 then. Now that it's real, now that it's here, yeah. I it is it is the most excited I've been about a collectible, maybe ever, maybe since Max. I think Max is the first time I've ever. I was like, wow, like here we go, like this is it. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, here's the Rancor Legacy Edition. This is it. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know how, and I hope you top it one day, and I bet you will in some capacity. You'll be like, <laughs> oh yes, we included a blood vial from. I think you need. I, yeah, it would have to be Phil's beard hair oh, or something too, because he he always used to put his hair on things like you know you'd see, like I, I remember him saying the um, so Mr. Big from the the chess set he's right. got like little orange hair on him and and it's like oh yeah that's that's my hair you know it's like of course see, it is Phil wait a second yeah. now I mean I I just hyped up the Rancor Legacy Edition and now I'm like wait I want more I want I right. want some Phil you DNA. want the DNA edition right. yeah yeah, yeah. DNA, oh. <laughs> There we go. Uh, that's your. Uh, if you get the Jurassic Park license, that's now we're right. talking. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. we're thinking. Now we're thinking. The Phil Tippett Jurassic Park license oh, gosh. Um, comes with a Barbasol can with little, like the full with miles a Phil, of Phil Tippett, Tippett blood and hair and whatever. Listen, else. man, you make it happen, and I'll be there. We'll, um, we'll have to talk to Disney Consumer Products and see if we can get that added to our contract. It's all the same. Is no no, no, no Universal. Jurassic that's Universal. Universal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we've mind. we've done some we've done some some big dinosaur heads and things like that for Universal for yeah. uh, like the release of Lost World and uh, not Lost World. Sorry, Jurassic World. Jurassic maybe World. go to the Tom Spina Designs website. Search Jurassic Park. Lots of fun stuff. Uh, back counts as a dinosaur, right? Oh gosh, does it? Yeah, dinosaur <laughs> with a guy in skull armor riding it. Like the most amazing thing ever. Right. Um, also, he said so that comes out in a week. That comes uh, out in a week, 11-14. Both editions will be live at the same time. If you can't get the Legacy Edition, you can still get a signature edition. It will still have a handwritten signature from Phil on the plaque yeah. for everyone. Um, but yeah, if you can get that Legacy Edition, you are getting a, a 100% unique sketch from Crazy. Phil Tippett. Like, that's, and they're, that's all, they're all good. I have some favorites, and I might pull some strings. But no, you might but, try. I might try, but they're all good, and it's all—it's just so again. I and am such a fan of Phil from from a variety of angles, and I think Mad God is 
the reason I responded so well to it was because I'm like, oh, this is someone, this is uniquely somebody. And those sketches yeah. show that. It's just like his sense of humor almost or just like yes. how his brain yeah, works. And it's, there is, there's a, there are more than a few of them that have a little tongue in cheekness about them. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that there is kind of like, um, oh gosh, John Berg has a great, uh, uh, thing that he says about his work. He says, twisted whimsy. Mm. Um, and <laughs> Phil has that too. I can see why they get along, you know, it's yeah. like they, they both have that ability to do something that, you know, every once in a while kind of winks at you. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. I'm I'm I, I don't know. I feel like I oversay this because it seems, seems like every time we put something out, I'm like I'm so excited about it. No, but that's but good. It's genuine. Like every time we do one of these, I'm excited about it. And this time, I'm just like I'm 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 excited beyond normal because <laughs> of what we're able to do here. And I I um, I'm hopeful that in the you know in the time between now and the time it gets released that we are able to get across to uh people just how special these are yeah. and that they can see from you know the photos we're putting out and the little peaks at cuz we I think we we have maybe you know uh probably 15 or 20 of them that you can see right. and then the rest you know it's just there because we're, we, there's no way that we're going to be able to scan everyone and put them all out there but um but you'll get a good sense of the the span of the type of art that's in there um and and the different sort of stuff that that you might get with yours and it's um and at the end of the day you know how many people can say hey i have a, an original phil tippett sketch of a rancor yeah soon a hundred people prior almost no one you know <laughs> maybe phil you know <laughs> Yes, yeah. So you're in good company. Hey, you know, that's like, all you can ask for. I would like to shift a tiny bit, talk about upcoming stuff or stuff that's still available, but I want, I, I'd be a bad Indiana Jones fan if I did not, A, talk about how great the Indiana Jones real robot, like just a gift, a gift from the heavens. I got <laughs> my, my grail. And talking about, again, not to talk about other people and other licensed product. You know, all the all the MacGuffins came out, and I bought the Grail, and I was like, oh, like I kind of picked it up, and I was like, oh. And actually, when I was at the ranch, they had the MacGuffins set up because yes. I was there right before Indiana Jones, and and that was it was like next to Charlie Chaplin's cane and hat, and I was like, screw that, I don't even care about that. Show me the <laughs> the, the crystal skull, and I I looked at that Grail though, and I was like, man, mine doesn't look like that. And then I got the Regal Robot one in the mail. And I open that up and like, A, the unboxing experience, we talked about that a little bit, but like just a beautiful, beautiful moment for me, like kind of getting it out and seeing it. But then you're holding it like, oh, this is it. This is the cup of the carpenter. <laughs> Did um, it, you got that feeling. I got the feeling. And that's all you can really ask for at this point in yeah. life or in fandom or in collecting. That's what you want. And I'm so glad that that exists. I'm excited to get my Narachi. Barry, yeah, I cannot. Those I are in the works. I cannot. I that almost because Grail, I, I kind of had Grail. I like I, I'd gotten. You know, yeah. People have made Grail, but Nurhachi, no one's done. Uh, I, I cannot. And it, and it's funny. I mean, we're we're more than halfway through all the casting on that, and we're actually just starting paint literally this week on those. Yeah. Um, but it is 
Uh, there is definitely a reason no one's tackled that prop prior. It's tough. That, uh, to even the do translucency, it right? right? Is, like that must yeah. be. Yeah. To do it right is really hard. And when you're dealing with translucency, you have to have perfect castings and you've got to discard anything that's not perfect. So, you know, you wind up, there's, and we knew this going in, there's a huge uh, failed cast rate when you're, yeah. when you're running something like that. And that's factored in the cost. And it's, it's one of these things like, you know, it going in, but it still hurts every time when yeah. you're like, this has a bubble, we can't use it, you know? Um, and, and, you know, even doing pressure casts and stuff, sometimes that stuff just happens, but it's, uh, I'm excited to get those out. We, you know, our whole thing was, okay, we're running a little slower on Nurhachi. That's a tougher piece. The grails we figured out in such a way that they moved really well through the studio. And we actually, we hired a few new people on it and, uh, and they took to the, the grails in particular really well. And so it's, uh, what we've done is just we've we put those into high gear while yeah. we're getting through casting on the other ones. And uh, it, it's, you know, so, OK, it's rare for us that we have something that's running a little long. And I thought, well, let's let's get the next one out ahead of schedule then. And hopefully yeah. that'll keep people happy. And <laughs> those are the same people that ordered both probably or a good mix. Exactly. And and there's more grails coming. You know, it's like this yeah, is, yeah. it's an addition of four hundred ninety nine, whereas Nurhachi's only one fifty. Um, so, but I think I want to say we're through almost 300 of the grails at this point. Um, and, and they've been doing really, really great with them. Um, and they definitely like at the archives, there's, you know, maybe seven or eight of them, um, and of, of varying levels. There's one that's, that is the hero and that's the one we were made ours off of. Um, and, and that's actually, it's funny, you know, so we scanned, and photoed four different ones because it wasn't immediately clear at the archives, which was which when we were working with it, we had some screen caps and we had some behind the scenes photos and stuff, but uh, it was one of these things where we went on one trip and we did two, we went on another trip and we did two more and then we were able to identify it. Hmm. Um, and, and that was great because we had actually started prototyping based on one of our first scans. And then we changed gears when we knew we had the hero because Again, sometimes you're working with what they're able to bring you, and they, they're not always able to get you a specific one uh, when there's multiples of things. Uh, and we're lucky that the folks we work there are, are into this stuff and are willing to go hunting with us sometimes and find things. Um, so, yeah, one, once we got that, we actually we shifted gears. We went to a new prototype. We went to a new mold. And that was this is all pre-launch. But for us, that's the sort of thing that's important. Like if we know we can match something to the hero, and even something as simple as, so you probably look at that and just think it's a cup that's turned and it's a particular shape, but it's asymmetrical. And there are some notches and grooves on it and things like that. And so when we put the gold patterns on there, we make sure they align with the notches and grooves, just like they do on the hero one. We actually had someone who put a stencil on in the wrong place uh, early on, on a small batch of them. We repainted them completely. There's there's some cracking on the inside that aligns. There's some notches around the top, uh, and and there's a slant to how those those uh, those grooves on it go. Um, and it was one of these things where it was like, you know, we had a small batch of them. They still looked great, but I'm like, but they're wrong. So we redo them, you know. And so uh, that's that's the level that we go into with this stuff because we don't want you to get a MacGuffin that you might get through you know, some website or whatever else, and then go, oh, I guess that's a grail. We want you to open it up and go like this and get that feeling. This is, this feels like someone switched it at the archives and put the real one in my box, you know? Um, and then the, um, 
the wrapping on that was was just us trying to have a little bit of fun with that. Um, we we do so much where it's just basic styrofoam cutout stuff, and I you know I don't like one use packaging if I can avoid it anyway. Um, and so for us to kind of be able to dig into our fabric bins and go like, oh, this would be a neat thing, you know, and 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 come up with the idea of doing the fabric wrap and having the the sort of faux hay around it and stuff like that, give you that old timey artifact feel. Um, I felt appropriate. And I, I it's it's been neat seeing people get them because they've they've all really responded to that. Well, this yeah. has been fantastic. Uh, if you can, I, you. I love, I love, we talk, we talk quite often, but it's nice <laughs> talking face to face and talking um, uh, about all of this because it really it brings me immense joy and it brings me joy that other people are responding the same way to y'all's work. So, are there, I know there are things behind you in the live streams, some of which had not, yeah. has, have not happened yet. I, th- I can think <laughs> of one, of one major domo that kind of hangs out back there sometimes. Yes. Yes, um, yes. Plans now that Return of the Jedi 40th is ending, quote unquote. Yeah. I celebrate Return of the Jedi every year. I'm, you more than most. Um, That's right. But I guess my, I, I think I might have even asked you this the last time, and I always bug you about it. But as we expand, and I know that the real robot clientele is slightly more OT focused than prequel yeah. or Mandalorian or whatever it might be, but there is that opportunity, right? Like, is there even, are there a new hope? maquettes are there prequel maquettes are there opportunities to expand this to other maybe facets um, yeah so there's there are a few from empire yeah the tauntauns um, which i have yeah there's well. there's we've done the four tauntaun busts we've done the tauntaun full size there uh, well whatever puppet scale right um there's a mid-size sort of sculpt that phil did as well um there are um Extensive photos that I have, but unfortunately the originals don't seem to exist. There are three or four different takes on the Wampa. Um, I was going to ask about Wampa. But he yes. is one of my favorites in every way. Yes. Um, one of the first things I ever built and and uh, was was like ever hired to make was a life-size Wampa. It oh, was wow. for a Muck Time Toys. Uh, Paul over there. It was a, a toy shop on Long Island. They're now they're they're very big. Um, online retailer and they have their own like exclusive line of awesome toys and things that they uh-huh. make. Um, but he was like, you know, I, I done some stuff with him. And at one point he was like, can you make a Wampa? And like, <laughs> sure. You know, yeah, I probably could do that. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, I, the, um, so yeah, there's, def- there's definitely some stuff from empire, a new hope, not so much on right. the maquette side. Um, but there's plenty of, you know, either, you know, artifact, prop replica, mask, monster kind of stuff we can look at there. Um, certainly same goes for Empire. Certainly, you know, when you get into the prequels, there are um, more maquettes, I think, for the prequels than there even were for Jedi. Right. Um, there's a shocking number of um, of maquettes and sculptures and concept work for that, uh, for the, those films. And some of it's absolutely amazing uh, tony mcveigh did a lot yeah uh, there's a whole bunch of other sculptors whose names escape me so i will i won't go too far <laughs> into that but um they're really really exceptional um and uh that's an area we have been you know very very diligently researching at this point okay. um and i'll leave that at that. okay hey love to hear it love to think about it love to dream about it <laughs> One day, one day the prequel kids will win. 
Yeah. And it, it will, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and and there's there is a lot of indie stuff in the works. Okay, uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to. I didn't want to yeah. push because here's what I'll say: Why I love Regal Robot. I think a lot of the other companies out there might have been like, "Oh, Indiana Jones, done. We're done. We're done with Indiana Jones. Right. We did. Yeah, the movie, the movie came, came and went. Now we, can, we don't need we to do anything else ever up. again. No, not for Regal Robot, and that's why no, I love Regal there's Robot. There's so much more we want to do, okay. and, and like. Yeah, uh, just today I was working on uh, uh, with Christian, who's our main digital guy at the mm-hmm. studio, on, uh, let's see here, there was an, uh, a prop replica busty kind of thing we were talking about, uh, okay. two different ones that we were looking at in, in Star oh. Wars. He was cycling through on another maquette that will be in the lineup probably late next year and also a prop replica for indiana jones that we have in the works that's going to be really cool i've never seen anyone do it not even a fan whoa really 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 neat um and uh we are we are i would say we're like knee deep on something else for indy that um for next year that i'm probably the most excited about and when that comes out uh, there is a story to tell, um, and and maybe maybe that's a good reason for me to come back uh, someday. Like, you like that, folks? The way I just invite. I love that. No, no, right no, like, because you I don't know to... this because it's, there's only been one episode, and actually, this is a, a treat for for listeners. There's only been one episode of the Indiana Jones spinoff podcast of Talking About '94: Bad Dates. I interviewed uh, Paul Freeman. I love the Rock. it. Um, but next month, I might be traveling to Dallas for the express purpose of adding two more interviews to Bad Dates. So um, maybe maybe it'll so be my maybe, first appearance on Bad Dates. Maybe Bad Dates, Tom Spina, uh, could warrant that. So we'll figure That's, that out. Uh, uh, I'm sure many women that I dated in high school and college would tell you I often warrant a Bad Date. Oh, yeah. No, I, that's why I named <laughs> it that. That's what I yeah, assume is, awesome. is the case anyway. Um, also, there was oh, no – I couldn't – if you can figure out an Indiana Jones talking bay rip, you know, like a – Right, like yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Like there is, there's no Rock and Bay 94 opportunity. No, can, no, I, it doesn't – like is it – is there something to the Katana or the uh, Katanga that uh, – The only thing that I was getting close with was um, do you want to talk to God – or like that whole oh, yeah. how the art it's is. It's a radio for speaking to God. Right. Yeah. But I didn't want to put like – Anything yeah, religious little... in the title, you know, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry to derail uh, with with. No, um, no, no, no. With yeah, uh, it's, it's like Brandon. Why did it have to be Brandon? No, <laughs> no. Uh, right. Don't come up here. No, uh, no that doesn't do it. Uh, yeah. Maybe there's maybe now with Dial of Destiny, there might be something within Dial of Destiny that I didn't. Maybe yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll revisit before these next two. I'll have to think on it too. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I I now give you Who in uh, Docking Bay with Roosevelt. You know, <laughs> no. Nope, no. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but okay, very exciting to hear. Indiana Jones is coming. Alive and well in, okay, in Regal Robot great, and because I I so really need that. I really need that. It's um <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. Because I want to, I'm going to log off now. I'm going to stop recording so I can pester you with my actual questions about the Indian oh, Jones I see. line. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, <laughs> I, I, I'll be professional. Uh, but thank you all for listening. Thank you, Tom, for coming back. Always a pleasure. Um, thank you for having me once again. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, can't wait. Uh, this this the, the rancor warranted warranted a full conversation at least so I can play this to my wife and so she can understand 
why why something might be happening to our to our bank account in a week. Right. So see, honey, it's his fault. Right. Well, no, yeah. it's like I, I hope that you can hear the passion and the excitement right. that I have for what Tom Spina is bringing to the world of Star Wars. Tom, thank you very much. Uh, thank you. And if she watches the video, she'll see the spiral eyes as I hypnotize right. you into yes. this. Yes, I was taking out my wallet as we were talking. That's right. Yes. It, was really, it was real weird. I, I was reading Still out my social security number. Yeah, one weird. of a kind. Thank you so much again to Tom for coming on the show and waxing poetic about the incredible work him and his team at Regal Robot are doing. If I did not gush enough, they are truly the best around. The Phil Tippett Legacy Edition of the Rancor Maquette goes on sale next week. For all those details, head to regalrobot.com at the link in our show notes. We have a few more episodes in the works, including my conversation with Judy Elkins. It is coming, I promise. That's all for now. Until next episode, stay tuned leave that five-star review and may the force be with you.